one inside me got in through my mouth. I can feel it. It's in my brain. I don't have a pulse or a heartbeat. I think I'm dead. <sighs> Of all the horrors in the world, I would argue that parasites are the absolute worst. The idea of having another organism attached to you, living inside you, feeding on you, or taking control of your mind and body is horror at its most primal, and has made for some damn fine cinema over the years. Some of the most creative and disturbing films ever made feature parasitic monsters doing all sorts of nasty things to their human victims. Lucky for us, the worst of these unholy beasts only exist on the silver screen. Or do they? In this episode, we'll discuss movie parasites as well as their terrifying real-world counterparts. Join us today on Sums of Film History as we play host to Parasites. is a film history, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in play company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from black exploitation to ethnically inclusive street gangs to backwater hick rapists. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hi, Slate. Hi, Tom. Merry Christmas. Thank and you. And happy holiday so nice. to you, listeners. This episode is the last one until Christmas. That's right. What a nice holiday message. We're going to be talking about nasty, slithery little parasites just in time for Christmas break. Uh, you know, I love parasites. I love talking about them. I love thinking about them. Good. I am very excited for this. And this is a holiday dream come true for you. Yeah, it's so nice. So did you have anything you wanted to put out there before we start? Yeah, let's do some shout outs. Okay, sounds good. Since this is your first episode. Okay. We okay. got a lot of notes from season two, our best season so far. Yeah, I agree. And I want to kind of share some of them and and uh, and let you know what the chatter is. Okay. Um, so first things first, I have to correct myself. No one called me out on this one, but when I was talking about the Hilton sisters in my episode on circus freaks, yeah. I said that the Hilton sisters shared something. I think I said a liver. Um, they shared no organs. They okay. only shared blood circulation. So I'm correcting myself. I thought somebody might shout it out. So I'm going to do that quickly before anybody else calls me out on it. Our listener Elizabeth pointed out that on your episode, what was Taxi Driver? That was... Uh, Vigilante 
events. Yeah, so I said that Taxi Driver was Jodie Foster's first film. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth corrected me. It was actually Napoleon and Samantha from 1972 was Jodie Foster's first role. Oh, wow. A listener named David pointed out to me that Tom Hanks pees in like every one of his movies. I guess so, doesn't he? Yeah. Huh. So that was obviously from our episode on pee and poop. Yeah, yeah I guess a, lot, he does. a lot of peeing. Also, yeah, uh, Sarah, a listener, pointed out the poop scene from Bridesmaids, which I didn't talk about in mm-hmm. Pee and Poop. I remember thinking, oh, I should definitely talk about that. And I guess it just... just... A groundbreaking poop scene, according it... to a lot of sources. Yeah, so, I yeah. guess mainly because the bride had diarrhea outside, like in the middle of the street. Right. That's and, pretty funny. And a inter, woman inter, was shitting in dress. a uh, sink, too. Yeah, so. that was funny. And she's so, like, don't look at me, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. All right, so thanks, Sarah, for that. And David for the Tom Hanks peeing visual that now I can't get out of my head. Right, this is definitely part of our holiday theme, so that's good, yeah. A listener named Rob, remember when we talked about an underwater slaughter that neither of us knew the difference between alligators and crocodiles? That's true, and we didn't. Our listener Rob does, and here's the difference. Alligators have broad, flat snouts, and their teeth don't show when they close their mouths. Crocodiles have pointed snouts and overlapping teeth when jaws are closed. There. That's, we actually learned some actual knowledge. We did. We yeah. learned a lot of biology today. It actually ties in very well with this episode because there's some science going on in my Parasites episode that deals with biology. So there yeah. you go. Synergy. And then just two shout outs. So when I did the episode on the golden age of porn, mm-hmm. I shouted out the podcast, The Rialto Report. Right. So actually, April from The Rialto Report contacted me and oh, wow. said, great job that we had actually done a really nice episode on The oh, Oh, thank you. Porn, which I was kind of worried about because they're the actual experts. In fact, they're doing research for the new HBO show, The Deuce, yeah. which is really, really exciting for them. So I, I didn't kind of want to be like, hey, can you listen to this? But I kind of wanted to make sure that I did an okay job just because they're the experts, not me. So right, well, that was very nice to get an email comment. from April. That was yeah, that's really cool. awesome. Thanks, April. And you've got a little shout out. Well, just a shout out. We do this every season, but you know, our podcast, I think, wouldn't be the same without our theme song, which uh, our friend John Patterson put together, re- wrote, arranged, and recorded. So he has a SoundCloud page under his last name, just Patterson. So you can look him up and listen to some of his other tracks that he has out there. So I like to say thanks for the theme song because thanks, I think John. it's an integral part of our... Of our um, fuck it. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So off to the episode. So I want to do a disclaimer up front and just say, I think this episode is pretty fucking gross. It better be. I did my best to make it gross. And I remember last season, because of course we did the bodily fluids episodes, and I remember saying, hey, I don't know how I can top being gross because I talked about puke and jizz, and there was some grossness in there. Yeah, just yeah. like pee and poop was pretty fucking gross. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how I can be any grosser. Here it is. I think this is it. Okay, It's good. just fucking disgusting. So I'm just sort of giving you a warning on that. And we've done warnings before, like Bad Babies, where it's pretty gross. We go into some gross places. So just kind of giving you a heads up. So if it's holiday, so if you're out drinking eggnog or whatever, you Eating. might want to put it away. Yeah. yeah. So you've been warned. All right, let's get started. So let me back up to and say, why well, didn't even choose this topic? Well, I pretty much choose it the same way I choose any topic. You know, I'm either watching a horror movie or I'm reading about something or we're doing an episode of a totally different type of topic. And then something from that topic will spur a whole other direction. We'll slither in. We'll slither in. Very good. Yes. And it'll slither in and just take residence up in my mind and yeah. take control. That usually happens when we're doing our episodes. I Usually my next episode has come out of the one right before it in some way. So it makes right. sense. Yeah. Another thing to note is that most of our episodes start off like in some sort of chronology. 
you know, we'll start at the beginning of film if it the topic goes that way. This one's a little different in that I, there's no real chronological order. I do try to start with a little bit of history, but since I'm doing a lot of comparisons between movie parasites and real life parasites, it goes out of order. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're kind of messing with the format. I think that's great. Okay, well, let's get started. Great. To start off, I'm going to take you to school a little bit. Oh, good. Yeah, and I'm going to define what a parasite is, just so you know, mm-hmm. and for the folks at home. A parasite is an organism that lives on or in a host and gets its food from or at the expense of this host. Right. All right, that's pretty pretty cut and dry, pretty straightforward. I'm going to expand on that a little bit, too, just to kind of give you a little more information. So there's two basic types of parasites. Uh, one is known as an obligate parasite, which is a parasitic organism that cannot complete its life cycle without exploiting a suitable host, so it can't live unless it finds a host. Sure. And then there's a facultative parasite. You're a facultative parasite. <laughs> Go facultative yourself. <laughs> and that's an organism that may resort to parasitic activity but doesn't really need to do it to survive. Maybe it's just being a lazy asshole. Okay, so right. I'm, so I'm like, going to live off you. I could you. do this or I don't have it's to. It's like the person living on your couch that could get a job, right. but they'd rather just live off you. Sure. And then two different types of those, which is there's an ectoparasite, which is a parasite that lives outside of the host. And then there's an endoparasite, which lives inside of the host. Interesting. Yeah, fun fact. Mm-hmm. And then there's one I just had to talk about, which is a kleptoparasitism. Which just steals makeup from Walmart. <laughs> yes, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. It just steals shit. And that's it's a steals your shit Uh uh-huh all right let's move on (laughs) so even though i fuck with the format i don't necessarily go back and start from the beginning i wanted to find the first example of like parasites and culture right be it movies or literature and i found one in literature so i thought i'd share that there's a poem by an english metaphysical poet john dunn d-o-n-n-e okay and it's called the flea it was published in 1633 and dunn's poem is narrated by this young man who watches a flea like suck on his flesh and then it moves on to feed on the woman that he desires. Okay. To quote, it says, me, it sucked first and now sucks thee and in this flea are two bloods mingled be. So basically the insect brought them together. So the point of the poem is he's saying, well, since our bodily fluids mixed because of this flea, we uh-huh. should just have sex. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to sell this to the girl. Is so. this our first poetry reading on some of the I history? think so. This is how highbrow we've turned right now. It was lovely, right Tom. Thank you. Lovely. You're welcome. So that's the first example I could find and I also feel like it's good to know that even in the 17th century, men will like resort to anything to get laid. Right. They're like, please let me fuck you. Let me, I wrote right. this poem. Because this flea bit you and me. Yeah. So let's, let's get busy. Let's fuck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. So let's talk about films then. All right. So the first film example, and I know you know this one, is William Castle's The Tingler from 1959 starring yeah. Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Now, you've discussed this at length in your William Castle episode. And I don't want to touch on it too much, but I want to talk about the parasitic part of that. Because as you remember, the film tells the story of a scientist who discovers a parasite in human beings called The Tingler. Right. Literally makes no sense. No. Uh-huh. None, none whatsoever. And it feeds on fear. Also makes no sense. The creature earned its name by making the spine of the host tingle because that's where it lived in the base of the spine. And the only way you got rid of it is if you just fucking screamed a lot, I think. Yep, that's right. And that's how you got rid of it. I actually always like the concept of this. I think this could use a Cronenberg update. Just mm-hmm. the fact that everybody has a parasite that lives in the base of their spine, to me, sounds fucking cool. I, I agree. I mean, I guess you just have to get on board with that. You're right. like, hey, everyone, you all have a parasite that lives in your spine. And you're like, oh, Okay, great. Yeah. I'm with you. Right. Fine. Well, it doesn't help that the actual tingler is like fake and shitty. It's also fuck. huge. Yeah. Like it looks like it probably weighs seven to eight pounds. Yeah, it's like the like, size of a small dog. Like it could not spine. live. <laughs> yeah. It, it's impossible. Right. You would know. We would know about that. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this tingler, it's like the size of a cocker spaniel living in your fucking spine. And it looks like a gummy worm with like <laughs> legs. It I does. feel like I feel like medical <laughs> science would have figured that figured out. Figured that, hey, yeah. yeah, we need to get rid of these. Yeah. But surprise. Uh-huh. 
uh-huh. you have one. Okay. So clearly, the Tingler is batshit bonkers fiction. Yeah. But there are some similarities to real life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about one. It's a tapeworm. This is a real thing. I called, love tapeworms. And, all right, well, let me caveat this. Let me back up and say that the scientific names, I'm going to fuck these all up. Yeah, no. All right, yeah. I fuck up normal words on a daily basis on this podcast. I seriously I have, doubt any scientists listen to this uh, podcast. Probably not. Yeah. But just so you know, I'm not going to get these even remotely correct. Yep. Yeah. All right, but I'm going to try. Uh, this one's an echinococcus. Mm-hmm. I'm sh- it's going to be so hard for me not to say you're an echinococcus after everything you say. That's fine. I right, I'll try. That. I anticipate that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this thing is a tapeworm, which in the early stages of life can cause cysts in, in like living human tissue, including the brain and spinal cord. So hmm. it makes cysts okay. all over your spinal cord. Yeah. Not so common in the U.S. It's common more in like Central Asia and other countries, especially in places that have bad water supplies. Sure. So that's not that close to it. However, as I was digging deeper, I found an article that's pretty freaky, where it was about a guy named Benjamin Fulford. Fulford? Even though there's not a lot written about this, supposedly this guy Fulford, January a few years ago, it doesn't say what year, got an operation where doctors opened up a 13 centimeter section of his spinal cord and removed this tumor. Well, when they looked at it, it looked sort of like a salamander. It had eyes. Uh-huh. It had like his a tumor? tail. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they ahead. pulled it out of his spine. It had eyes and it had like a spinal column and what might have been little feet. Oh, my God. He was thinking that that's what was causing weird visions, like some hallucinations and like all these headaches and things that it was kind of like at the base of his skull. The thing was like eight centimeters long. Uh-huh. I have a picture of it. I'll have to put it on the site. Wait, so his tumor was, was like an, an organism. Oh, my God. Or looked like an organism. The yeah. coolest, so, most horrible thing I've <laughs> that's ever fucking heard. terrible. So, yeah, so they yanked this thing out, and it was in his spine. So, hey, real life tingler? Tingler. Yeah, the tingler. Some of the comments and some of the things I found on that, some people that commented on it, and I think maybe some doctors are probably just people that are like, had something to or say. Dumb dumbs on or the dumb dumbs like yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Said that it, what it could have actually have been was a parasitic twin. That an embryo or something in the stage of development got lodged in there and, you know, developed as much as it did. And then yeah, just, got, just, and then just kind of like stopped, there. but so. was still kind of eating off of him. I love parasitic twins. Yeah, I know. We talked about, about that. Like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's pretty fucking gross. But so cool. But the location is interesting, too, because it was causing things with his brain and everything. And that leads me to actually a couple of movies that are very similar to that. Mm-hmm. And the first one is called The Brain Eaters from 1958. Yep. It's a Roger Corman picture. It is the most 1950s, like, science fiction-y, you know, oh, we've got to do something about this menace right. shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's every, anything 50s you can think of as this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. It's white people fighting for white people with white people. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> I love it when that's the stakes. Ejected from unexplored secret stratus, this giant harder-than-steel piston disgorges strange creatures, inundating our world, twisting the emotions of women, distorting our men. These things take over a man's mind? He becomes a, a robot? A machine taking orders? Join the hunt for the hiding place of terror. Find the breeding place of these globs of destruction. It's an adventure that'll burst your blood vessels with suspense. See the brain eaters. The plot of this movie is these aliens that I guess were from the Earth, or they pop up from the Earth. They're these little fucking sluggy-looking things, and mm-hmm. they attach themselves to the back of people's necks. Really? And controls their behavior. That's and interesting. And it turns into oh, murderous okay. slave people. So, there you go. Wow. Another movie that goes along with that is a B-movie called Brain Damage from 1988. Have you ever seen this movie? No, but you know, after we talked about it a little bit when we were discussing this topic, and it's in my Netflix queue now, so I'm going to see it. I'm, I'm 
I'm a couple days late. But. It is batshit crazy. Yeah, Pat. It's directed by Frank Henenlotter, the director of Basket Case movies, which I know you right, love. Right, that's those that's why we were talking about it. Yeah. I love Basket Case, which is basically a parasitic twin. Yeah, the movie's about this kid who one day, and I forgot how it happens. That's been so long since I've seen this movie, but. This parasite-looking slug thing attaches itself to the back of his neck and like feeds him this drug that makes him hallucinate. He kind of gets addicted to it. Mm-hmm. But but this parasite talks to him. Oh, I like and it's that. Na- and his name is Aylmer. Elmer. Aylmer. A Y L M E R. And he's like a story there. He's like, "Hi, Bob. You will do what I say. I will provide everything you need." He talks just like that. So he's like the parasitic version of Hal from 2001: Space Odyssey. Sure. Okay. Nope. You're looking at me like that is absolutely. Yeah, sure. You, but he, incorrect. But, but he does talk to him in a very calming, and he's like, hey, if you do what I tell you, I can make you happy all the time. Mm-hmm. He's, it's really fucked up. Huh. And so he basically, this kid, puts him on the back of his neck yeah. and gets like injected and hallucinates all the time. And then Elmer makes him go and gives him victims so he can eat their brain. It's funny. One night you go to bed, and when you wake up, everything is different. Now Brian's acting a little peculiar. Something's gotten into him, deep into him. What are you telling me? That we killed someone last night? Something bad. <gasps> something slimy. What are you doing? Something very. I know something's happened to you. Very. How is that? Hungry. <laughs> Brain damage. It will turn you inside out. I like this. Yeah, well, you'll like love this. this one scene. I'm really scene. excited. I hope it's in my mail when I get home. Yeah, there's this one scene that's fucking fantastic. So this guy gets his hooker. I got to tell you about the scene. I got to. So the main guy, you know, that's helping Elmer out, gets his hooker, and he's getting a blowjob in the alley. She unzips his zipper, and then Elmer jumps out into her mouth, uh-huh. eating her brain through her mouth. Uh-huh. And dude's holding her head, and so it looks like the world's most horrific blowjob. Oh, uh, right, but instead then he's transferring a parasite into her, her mouth. mouth and, then, and then when he's done, he pulls it out, and like her brain and stuff comes out of her mouth. It's a good. It's a, you would enjoy the scene. But he never gets a blowjob, right? No, it's just he hmm. doesn't. He doesn't need it. Elmer she, gets him off with the chemicals oh, and stuff. Right, so he doesn't sense. need that anymore. I mean, I feel like everyone needs a blowjob from a hooker, but whatever. Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm yeah. just so. But I don't know. If maybe if you had a parasite on the back of your neck, you'd think differently. Yeah, maybe it's worth but, a try. But yeah. Really Really a fucking creepy movie. It's batshit insane. I can't recommend it more. So excited. And it's got a parasite on the back of your neck. So uh-huh. maybe that's what this guy also had was an Elmer on the back of his neck. Okay. You know, making Great. him crazy. Okay, so the next movie I want to talk about, I'm just I've been dying to talk about it anyway. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Alien from 1979. You know you love Alien, yeah. In space. No one can hear you scream. Alien, rated R from 20th Century Fox. I love everything about Alien. Mm-hmm. Every single thing about Alien is fucking fantastic. The design, the direction, everything. I mean, I don't know. I can watch Alien all day long. Yep. And of course, it's got a huge parasitic theme to it. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of the most horrific scenes in any horror movie ever. And of course, the Alien design was done by a German artist, H.R. Giger. Mm-hmm whose whole biomechanical style really, I think, set the pace for what aliens look like in sci-fi from the 70s on. Yeah, totally. Just um, died, right? Yeah, Maybe he like just a died ago? a couple of years ago. Yeah. I was watching the documentary on the making of Alien that was on the Blu-ray set that I have, and it was talking with you know everybody who made the movie, Dan O'Bannon, the writer of Alien, as well as Ridley Scott, 
And so when they were developing Alien, even at the writing stages, they wanted everything about this creature to be completely alien, even its life cycle. So if you notice, it has a several stage life cycle. Mm-hmm. The first one is the egg. Then it has the like the face hugger, which pops out of the egg, attaches itself to the person's face, and then ingests the little alien creature into their chest, right, right. which incubates and then pops out. Mm-hmm. So they actually got this idea more or less from an actual real world example, uh, which is known as the emerald cockroach wasp, or known as the jewel wasp. Mm-hmm. His some... life cycle is very similar to this in Alien. Uh, the word this... wasp just They're up- huge to this me. big, scary-looking wasp. So uh. they call it the jewel wasp because it's got a metallic blue-greenish color. It's actually, for a horrific insect, It's a it's got a pretty shade of blue. Uh-huh. But that's why they call it that. It's very metallic-looking. Um, it's called the cockroach wasp because that's what it preys on. It only preys on these certain roaches. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's a, known as an obligate parasite, which it has to use these roaches to procreate. Right. And similar to the alien, it has to find a host to procreate as well okay so the alien xenomorph is an obligate parasite that makes sense anyway what this wasp does is that it finds a roach and then it actually paralyzes this roach by injecting something in its brain mm-hmm. well first of all it paralyzes it enough so that it can like control it and move it but it's then like it, still functioning it's still alive right. but then it injects it again into its nervous system to basically eradicate the part of its brain that produces fear so it's not trying to escape Okay. Then the wasp drags it to its lair. It attaches an egg to its abdomen, and then it blocks it in so the roach can't escape. But the roach doesn't really want to escape anyway because it, it's, it's told, yeah, told the, not the to. The wasp told it not to. The thing burrows in there for four or five days. It burrows in the abdomen and then basically cocoons inside of the roach and then busts out of it and start it all over again, just like Alien. Oh, really? Like out of its chest? I mean, yeah, probably not, it, but let's anywhere, just say but that it's out, out, out of its it. chest. It's, yeah. yeah just, and what does it look like when it comes out? Okay, so it's different than the Alien in the movies in that it's pretty much fully formed by the time it busts out of the roach. Like the roach mm-hmm. dies during this process. Right, as sure. it's feeding on the roach, the roach fucking dies yeah. eventually. And then it just uses it as a cocoon, basically as a second skin. That's so cool. And then it busts out of it and then starts it all over again. I love that. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's it's horrifying. Yeah. So it reminded me a lot of the alien life cycle and that it needed something to burrow into and then just bust it out. Yeah. (sighs) Super cool. It's fucking disgusting. But there you go. And also remember, it's an endoparasitoid. When I said endoparasites are parasites that live inside the body, it's not attached to it like Elmer, who attaches on the back of your neck on the outside. This one actually, the alien xenomorph lives inside of you before it busts out. Also, let me talk about parasite toys and parasites. Parasites usually just live off the host, right? They don't kill it. Parasite toys, part of the cycle is killing the host. Mm-hmm. So an alien, the alien pops out, you fucking die. Yeah. Right. There you go. Science. Interesting. Another similarity with the wasp and the alien, though, is especially with the movie Aliens, is that in that movie, the aliens, if you remember, I don't know, you've seen Aliens. It's been a while. Well, they immobilize the hosts in that movie, too. They, like, stick them to the wall and stuff in that movie. So, like, when they put the alien in them, they can't get away. Right, Kind of like the wasp does with the roach. Yeah. While we're still on Alien, there's another parasite i got to talk about that has a lot of similarities to the whole Giger alien monster. Well, if you remember in Alien, it has a second mouth that comes out, like Mm -hmm. a whole other mouth. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a a parasite that does that very same thing. Okay. This thing, or very similar at least, this is called, and I'm going to fuck this up, Simothoa exigua. Exigua. You're a a Simotha exigua. Yo, mama. It's a, it's a tongue-eating louse, and it preys on fish, especially red snapper. Uh-huh. Place joke here. I'm sure there's a red snapper joke somewhere. Uh-huh. I actually wrote place joke here now. On uh-huh. <laughs> You're a red snapper. Right. There, that, there you go. Is that it? That's good. Great. Anyway, this parasite enters the fish through the gills. 
it attaches itself to the fish's tongue and then eventually like rots it out and replaces its tongue. Bro. So this louse is like in there eating as the thing is eating. And I had a picture. It rots the tongue. It sort out. of basically that rots is, it out and then replaces wanna, it. That makes me want to die. So in other words, this fish has an extra mouth. And there's a picture, and I think I showed it to you before. Yeah, you did. And it's it's, it's very similar to the alien fu- extra so, mouth. Right. So basically, what you're saying though is that like a fish goes to eat something, and then the rotting tongue monster eats it instead. It's it like, eats some of it, so it's okay. like it, it'll take some, you know, what it can from right, whatever. Because of course, eating. the fish still has to be able to like live, and yeah. the fish can't do anything about it. right? No, it's just there. I don't well, think fish it, are well, so the thing fucking is, stupid. This too, parasite numbs that part of the mouth, so it never knows that its tongue rots out. Oh, that's horrible. So it, it may not even know that it's there. Fish are so dumb, anyway. Well, yeah. Like I don't feel bad for them. Red snapper. They're so fucking stupid. Yeah. So it's got this extra mouth, and the picture is very similar. So yeah. Like, I don't think they intentionally did that, but the similarities is so great that I had to that's mention cool. it. And it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. So that's I had the to talk about that as rotting well. Rotting tongue makes me want to die. And then the next organism that the alien resembles is probably one of the most grossest, nastiest fucking things ever, and we're going to talk about it a lot. And that is known as the Dracunculus medinesis, also known as the guinea worm. Mm-hmm. Guinea worm is fucking nasty. Okay. The guinea worm begins its life cycle as a microscopic, tiny little larva. It fits inside like a water flea. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it hangs out in nasty, stagnant pools of water because, of course, it would. What happens is humans will drink this water. Mm-hmm. They'll ingest the flea. The flea will die, but the larva will live. And enough of these larvae will probably be in your body if you ingest it that they'll mature and they'll mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they like find each other. They find each other by swimming through your body. Uh-huh. They mate. Well, they mate. The the female will be pregnant. The male will die somewhere because uh-huh. he's you know he was this drunk. Is super scientific. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's super scientific. But here's why I'm talking about it because I, the, that was a joke. It's not. You're like I don't know. They find each other somewhere. And they fuck somewhere in your and then appendix, the and then they then woman gets pregnant. She gets knocked up. Yeah. So what she wants to do is leave your body. Mm-hmm. So they go to any exit they can, usually your skin, uh-huh. and put a, this little blister that itches. Oh God. Uh-huh. And so when you go into water. What it does is it's like will burst out of your skin to leave. Now, sometimes when you get those things, they'll, people will try to pry them out. And the way they do it is they wrap a stick around it and actually pull or like it, a pencil, yeah, and a they pencil, twist and the they pen. twist it and pull it out like a freaking little string. How long is that? There, some of these fucking things are three feet long. That's horrifying. So, like the alien that busts out of your skin and your chest, yeah. like in the movie Alien, these things bust this out is of like your a skin. Worm busting, out and they of your come skin. out of anywhere. So it's not just like your arm; they'll come out of the roof of your mouth, out of your freaking balls. It's terrible. It's horrible. This is so nasty. And it's funny. So this in particular, and I have a quote: H.R. Giger, again, the artist who developed Alien, he was like grossed out by. It. He's like, "Oh, it's so nasty that these things come out of your skin." So yeah. of course, I'm going to put it in this movie. Right. Of course. That's horrible. I feel the strongest thing is always if it happened in your body or in someone's body. That's enormous. A, a worm, a worm in in a in a living body. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's just under the skin, and you see how it moves. Ooh, oh, oh. yeah. I I hate worms and snakes and things like that. I it's awful. 
And I want to talk about guinea worms a little bit more because there's a movie called The Ruins from 2008 that sort of plays on that theme. Did you ever see that movie? I saw it, yeah, yeah. So The Ruins is about these kids that go to Mexico mm-hmm. and I guess they get stuck on top of some Aztec they ruins. Like go, yeah, they like the go ruins. to this thing that they're not supposed to go to. Yeah, because they're dumb white kids. Dumb and they go ladies, out there yeah. and they there's this like parasitic plant, alien mm-hmm. plant that lives there. And so once they get on top of this Aztec temple, the locals won't let them leave right. because they don't want it to spread. And yeah. so this alien alien tree parasitic tree plant eats them all eats them one by one and there's a scene in there where this woman gets these vines actually under her skin and in her body and they're trying to like cut them out and pull them out very much like the guinea worm it is so gross it's so nasty i actually kind of like that movie it was a fine movie yeah it's i think one of the best parts is like you know in a lot of horror movies it's like oh here's the thing that's happening but the great thing was that they couldn't because you're like don't run upstairs dumb dumb but it's like they can't get off of this right thing. they can't leave so it's like instead of you know when you're just like why don't you just leave they can't because they can't. they're just there's like all these like mexicans with machine guns that are like nope no nope. are gonna have to die up there because yeah. we don't want that shit down here yeah i exactly. love that i love no. that aspect of the film yeah they were they're fucked yeah so i have one more movie that is very similar to this whole guinea worm phenomenon which is a movie called upstream color from 2013 have mm-hmm. you seen this movie nope. So it's by director Shane Carruth. He directed and starred, and he also did the weird time travel movie called Primer. Did you ever see Primer? I did see Primer, yeah. It's a weird-ass movie. Yeah. I liked it. but I it's, like his low-budgetness. Right. And this one's also low-budget, but it's also a very... You have to pay attention to this movie, mm-hmm. and even then you probably won't understand it. I'm going to do the best I can to describe this film. Sure. It starts where this girl is leaving a club, and somebody comes up behind her and assaults her and makes her ingest this worm. Mm-hmm. which immediately makes her under his like psychic control. Like he can tell her what to do and she'll do it. Okay. What he ends up doing is keeping her in her house and making her like sign over all his her money to him and it goes this long process. So this guy Seems is basically legit, yeah. A, a yeah, this guy's basically a criminal. Once he's gotten all of her money and, and robbed her blind, he leaves, but she's still stuck with this worm and there's a scene where it's crawling under her skin and she's trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Anyway, she ends up somehow getting compelled to go to this farm well, it turns out the guy that's running this farm cultivates these worms from wherever. He pulls the worm out of her very much like he would pull a guinea worm out. Mm-hmm. Puts it into this pig, I guess, to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. So I guess this worm has some sort of weird psychic connections that once it's in the host, it keeps some psychic memory or something. It's, we- it's weird as fuck. Yeah, yeah. But it's very much this whole guinea worm, like, you know, and they do you show it yanking it out of her body. Right. And so, so it's psychic guinea worms. Yeah, okay. I like the movie a lot. It says a lot about... Your own will and worms and and pigs and it's really disgusting but very interesting. So yeah, it, it definitely touches on that whole guinea worm theme. But it's got a lot more to say. I recommend the movie. It was on Netflix. I think it still is. So okay. give it a I shot. I wrote it down, so I'm putting my list. Yeah, upstream color. Now, I'm going to change gears a little bit and still talk about these parasites, but I'm going to keep with that power of suggestion thing because there's a lot of uh, movies that use the the whole parasitic organism as mind control. Okay. One in particular was Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this movie. Arguably the best Star Trek movie in the whole series, or that's what people always say, and I, I liked it a lot when I saw it. But there's a plot where Khan, who's played by Ricardo Montalban, he's the main bad guy, uses these little parasitic worms to put in people's ears. I've seen the scene, And yeah. then they kind of fall under his control. So yeah. very much like upstream color, but, you know, sci-fi. And ears. You see, their young enter through the ears and wrap themselves around the cerebral cortex. This has the effect of rendering the victim extremely susceptible to uh, suggestion. Later, as they 
Jesus' madness and death. Another one that's very close to that is Night of the Creeps from 1986. Did you ever see this movie? I don't think so. Absolutely love this movie. It was directed by Fred Decker of Monster Squad fame. Mm -hmm. The plot of the movie is that in 1959, an alien experiment crashes to Earth and affects this frat guy, and they freeze him. And then in modern day, these two pledging fraternity fuckers accidentally thaw this corpse out, and it has these like worms in it, these like slugs that come out and then goes into people's mouths and multiply and have them under its control. So it's these alien slugs. Frat guys ruin everything. Yeah. finally here but tonight is also the night of the creeps first they are under you around you on you then inside you they get in through your mouth and you walk around while they incubate even if you're dead they are a new breed of terror zombies Exploding heads, creepy crawlies. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. I love this movie, by the way. The whole alien slug thing. I think that was one of the first times that that was in a movie. I haven't. I've got the Blu-ray if you want to borrow it. It's it's a wonderful movie. It's great. We should actually watch it. But that whole, like, alien slug, you know, taking over your mind pops up in a lot of other movies, too. Like, there's one called The Hidden from 1987. It's got Kyle MacLachlan, and he plays an FBI agent Mm -hmm. who's tracking down this alien that, like, same thing. It's a slug that enters people's mouth and then makes them do all types of crazy crimes and shit. And then it just goes from host to host. Huh, kills okay. the host afterward. Yeah. You know, it's still on that same theme of mind control. And then Slither from 2006. Mm-hmm. Is you that know, the Ashley Judd movie? No, no. It was by director James Gunn, oh, who did was, Guardians of the Galaxy, and was, it stars Nathan Fillion. Slither. It's about a meteorite crashes in this small town, and this guy finds it and gets infected by this, like, little small parasitic worm. Yeah. But I've then he ends up, like, putting these parasite embryos in this woman and she like hosts all these like parasite worms uh-huh. very similar to the ones that are in Night of the Creeps oh cool and then they go and they attack everybody yeah. It's it, this movie's like a, a bunch of different horror movies are wrapped in the one yeah. so it's like Night of the Living Dead a bit of Night of the Creeps with the like parasitic freaking mind control slugs and also the thing because everybody sort of becomes merged together and it's, it's really it's a it's a good movie That's it's a lot of fun yeah I'm surprised you haven't seen this I think I have seen it but I don't know why it's not ringing a bell I think I just keep thinking of Ashley Judd and what movie was at Bug? Was that what she was in? Yeah, you're thinking of Bug. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. Well, no. might just be I'm talking about that in a bit. Slither. Okay. Yeah. So all of these things have to do with a mind control parasite that actually the parasite itself controls the host. Okay. Which you would think that that only exists in the movies, but you would be wrong. Okay. So here's an example of that. There's one. The first example is another wasp. It's from Costa Rica, and it's called. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this up. The Hymenopimisis. Hymen? Yeah, it's yeah. That's why I thought you'd find that funny. Uh-huh. I do. Um, where the female will lay eggs on the abdomen of these certain orb spiders. It's again, it's another specific host that these parasites use. And they'll lay their eggs on the abdomens. After living off the host for a few weeks, the wasp larva injects a chemical into the spider that makes it build a strange new web. Okay. So it like totally oh. changes the spider's behavior, it's, controls yeah. the spider's behavior. 
Uh, it builds a web unlike anything the spider normally does. Uh-huh. So then it builds the web, but then it makes the spider like sort of make it into a cocoon. Uh-huh. And so the parasite will live off the spider, kill the spider. So it makes the spider make its own fucking like tomb. So weird. Yeah. Spiders so- are so weird. Anyway, I was just watching a video of like slow-mo of like a spider like making a, a web. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like that yeah. comes out of a spider's butt and it's like, I'm just going to sit around and make this thing. Right. But it's even worse that the actual like parasite will make it make its own specific like cocoon for it. So it's, it's like dig your own grave. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so it's controlling this fucking spider. It's terrible. Crazy. Another one of those, and this is, I think you may have a story about this one, is known as the a hair worm or the nematomorpha. This worm infects grasshoppers specifically. <laughs> I do have a story about this. Yeah. yeah, And so I'm going to explain this to the listeners. So this worm gets into a grasshopper. It grows and grows and, you know, reproduces and it gets really huge. And then when it's ready to come out, it needs to come out in water. So it makes the grasshopper kill itself in water and then it escapes. And it's usually like fucking huge, slithery, nasty fucking worm. I've got some video stuff. I'm going to put it on the website, but it's disgusting. And I think you have a story about this. So I hadn't told you this. I just told you when we were talking about parasites, but um, my old boss has this you know kind of like country home in uh connecticut and i've been there a couple times and it's you know it's kind of like a it's a country home and he says that frequently you know there'll be like grasshoppers or crickets in the house or whatever and you know and one day he was going and he'll just pick it up and throw it in the toilet you know to get rid of it or whatever mm-hmm. so he's go on his way to the bathroom he sees a grasshopper and he picks it up and just puts it in the toilet and then starts peeing in the toilet and of course as you know as a male if there's something in the toilet you try to get your pee stream to hit the thing why wouldn't you and he no while brainer. he was peeing he was like there was a worm in the toilet that wasn't there and there was a swimming worm in the toilet and he thought it, that it came out of his pee- he thought he had peed <laughs> out a worm and was like freaking the fuck out oh, because wow. he thought like that this worm had just like shot out of his I urethra. Would freak oh, me out too. I mean, that it's makes like a two. It's like a foot long worm, and it's this long, thin black really worm. Really long and thin. And it's very movie. And it's squirmy. It's squirmy. Yeah. It's, it's horror movie and shit. He was it's like, oh terrible. Oh my god! And he like got his wife, and they were like on the internet, like trying to figure out, and they figured out that this grasshopper had basically it was a living grasshopper. Right. So once it hit the water, the worm was like grasshopper's killing itself. So I'm gonna get out, and then right. it came out of the grasshopper, not out of his urethra, and he was like. Like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Well, I can also understand that, too, if you're not paying attention to what's coming out of your penis. Because this worm, when it comes out, and again, I'm going to put video on the website, it looks like it couldn't fit into the grasshopper because it's a long worm. So it must have been all bunched up inside this grasshopper. But when it comes out, it's like long. It looks like that couldn't have come out of there. It's really, it's fucking freaky. But it looks like it's the perfect size to come out of your urethra without you knowing. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I look when I pee to make sure. Me too. So Check for that's worms. Disgusting. Yeah. But then again, this worm made this grasshopper kill itself. Mind uh-huh. control. Wow. So moving on, this next parasite is the one that I think is going to take up the bulk of this. What we've talked about so far is any of these parasites that have either controlled behavior or killed off its host or done whatever it's going to do has done it with more simple life forms like crickets, grasshoppers, fleas, whatever. You know, it's it hasn't really done this to humans, right? Right. Well, and supposedly there isn't one that does that. Well, that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. So the next parasite I'm going to talk about is known as Toxoplasma gondii. That must be cat related. It is. It is the microbe that causes toxoplasmosis. 
The reason pregnant women are told to avoid cats. Since the 20s, doctors have recognized that a woman who becomes affected during pregnancy can transmit the disease to the fetus, in some cases resulting in severe brain damage or death. Mm-hmm. As many as 50% of humans worldwide and up to 80% in urban areas have been infected with this during their lives at some point. Yeah, yeah it's pretty gross. An estimated 60 million people in the U.S. have active cases at any given time, so it's always around. And it's a single-cell parasite whose favorite host, of course, is cats. However, it can infect and live in any host's pretty much, including rats and humans. T. Gandhi, as I call it, like T. Swift, mm-hmm. is also a major threat to people with weakened immunity. Healthy children and adults, however, usually experience nothing more than like flu-like symptoms and they get rid of it, they pass it on. Mm-hmm. Well, at least that's what was historically thought. What they've noticed is when animals, and especially rats, are infected with this parasite, that it affects their behavior. One thing they notice is that rats that are infected with it are no longer afraid of cat urine. Hmm. That's important because, of course, cats are rats' natural predator. Right. So rats are instinctively afraid of cat urine. But once infected with this parasite, they don't become scared of it anymore. Matter of fact, they actually get excited by it and are attracted to that. Like sexually? In some ways, and we'll talk about that more in a bit. But before we do, let me backtrack a little bit and talk about the T. Gandhi's life cycle. Mm -hmm. Because after an infected cat poops, the parasite is typically picked up in the soil by like scavenging grazing animals, right? Most notably like rodents and pigs, all of which harbor it in their brain and body tissue, blah, blah, blah. Humans, on the other hand, are exposed not only by coming in contact with litter boxes, but also by drinking water contaminated with cat feces. So don't drink cat shit water. Just some advice for you. Once inside the animal, the human host, the parasite, then needs to get back into the cat because that's the only place where it can sexually reproduce is in the cat. So hence, it makes rats not afraid of cats so it can get back into the cat. Right, because it's horny. Because it's, well, it's yeah. horny for cat I mean, the cat, cat doesn't insides. fuck the rat. It eats the rat, but then no, it gets No, I'm saying it's horny for cat insides, basically. Yeah, it's, yeah it really wants to, yeah. Great. That's the Motel 6 it's trying to get to so it can completely understand. Right. So the point of that is that this shows that there's a parasite that actually can influence the behavior of higher life forms and not just insects. Sure. To go one step further, there was a doctor named Jaroslav Flager. He was at Charles University in Prague who actually did experiments to see if this parasite also influenced human behavior. And what he found was some subtle but interesting alterations in the psychology of infected individuals and that they were also gender-based. Very interesting. For instance, we'll talk about men first. Compared with uninfected men, males who had the parasite were more introverted, they were suspicious, oblivious to other people's opinions of them, and inclined to disregard rules. Uh-huh. So they were just men. They were uh-huh. men, yeah. yeah. Infected women, on the other hand, were acting in the exact opposite way. They were more outgoing, trusting, image-conscious, and rule-abiding than uninfected men. So, so women. Women. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked up. Also, reaction times were lessened. So men and women both who were infected had less quick reaction time than people who were uninfected. Huh. Like, for instance, driving or whatever, you had toxoplasma, you, your reaction time driving was less. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not good. So what does that prove? Probably not much in the fact of T. Gandhi is not controlling your, your mind, but it is giving you different personality traits and behaviors. Sure. And one of the big things that stood out, of course, and I mentioned this with the rats, is that it had cat urine excited them. Well, people who are infected with T. Gandhi and in the study had more of a sexual type of in different yeah, ways so it, so it affects their sex drive which brings me to the next movie that I want to talk about which ties all this together which is David Cronenberg's Shivers from 1975 if you think you're not afraid of the dark <coughs> if you think you have a strong stomach <coughs> if you feel nothing can shock you then prepare yourself for a motion picture that takes you beyond fear <coughs> what are they? raging demons from another world 
bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed are incarnations of absolute evil. They possess men, women, and children, and drive them to acts of unbelievable horror. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick. I love Shivers. Shivers is a good movie. Yeah. It's his first movie, and what it's about is the scientist who is conducting unorthodox experiments with parasites for use in transplants. He believes that humanity has become over-rational and lost contact with its flesh and its instincts, so he infects this weird alien organism and starts giving it to people, and next thing you know, they become freaking horny people. Sex fuck, parasite fuck monsters. monsters. Yeah, yeah, rape monsters. And then they spread it by having sex with a bunch of people. They're like orgy kind of. Right, like and well, that's the end of it. Parasite it, it yeah, sex. it takes over... So go ahead. Yeah, it like takes over an apartment building, right? It's right. in Canada. Yeah, and they like end up having this major orgy in the pool. Yeah. And everybody's infected. And then at the very, very end, they are all getting in cars and going out and yeah, to go fucking infect everybody. everyone else. Yeah, infect everybody it's a good else. movie. Yeah, but very similar to what's actually true with T. Gandhi is that the movie's parasite and pushed your sex drive into overdrive. And they've proven that T. Gandhi actually turns you a little horny as well. I like the combination of parasites and horniness, right. or as I say, howniness. 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 It's making them howny. Howny. Yeah. It adds a whole nother level of like puke value to this. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty disgusting. Yeah. So yeah, so if you're super horny for no reason, it's because a parasite wants you to go fuck a bunch of people. Yeah. Science. No, it's that's completely backed up. Okay, my last parasite thing I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think, one of the grossest one. Although I think we've done a good job of being gross so far. Yeah. The last parasite I'm going to talk about is the good old-fashioned tapeworm. Oh, good. The best I like for to last. end on a classic. Yeah, the classic. The classic Everybody knows about the tapeworm. Yeah. You eat uncooked meat, specifically like pork. Mm-hmm. You get a tapeworm growing in your insides, and, and it's disgusting. Yeah. And and then hopefully you poop it out at some point, but they're they're gross. It'll poke out of your butt and then go back in, won't it? So yeah, I think so. That's kind of amazing. That's really gross. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. And the movie that the tie into that at least that I have to talk about is the movie Parasite from 1980, starring Demi Moore. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. It's it's terrible. Yeah, I'll put it on the site because it's free on YouTube. It's about this futuristic world of 1992. <laughs> I know, way in the future, after this nuclear war destroys most of the USA, and the scientist like develops a new form of, of leech-like parasite, and it grows every time it eats or whatever. Anyway, one of them he has in a jar, and the other one somehow gets attached to him, and he has to figure out a way to get it out of his abdomen. Mm-hmm. So it's like Whoops. he's got this yeah. super-growing tapeworm. And then I don't know, it's a post-apocalyptic with no budget. It's shit. Demi Moore is just running around going, "Why am I in this movie?" It's really terrible. I kind of see it now yeah like so, i know you're telling me it's terrible but that's making me want to well you'll see be it. able to watch it on the site because we'll have it on there great but yeah it's a fucking awful movie the only thing that really stands out about it is that it's named parasite so i had mm-hmm. to talk about it and some of the effects are okay there's actually one where the parasite comes out of some dead woman's face and it comes to the camera and that's one thing i meant to add as well is that this movie was in 3d when it came oh. out so this came out in 80 81 time frame where all these movies were like trying to bring back 3d yeah, Remember Jaws, like Jaws 3, 3 yeah. Friday the 13th part three was mm-hmm. in 3d yeah it was like a little it was like a gasping breath of 3d oh, that early popped 3D. back for a minute a minute yep. and this was one of those so oh, cool. a lot of things came to the camera right, fell sure. towards the camera and, and the only decent scene when it busted out of somebody's face it came to the camera too so that okay. was that was worth it for the moment i want to see this yeah so check it out on the site all right the next big tapeworm thing i want to talk about is from a book called filth by author irving welsh it was published in 1998. Mm-hmm. so you know he's the writer that wrote train spotting amongst other books 
So the book is about this policeman, and he's this asshole, and he's abusive, and he does drugs. He's just like this terrible character. That's, right, right. I, I think stock character. I think you for gave Irving this Welsh. book to me for Christmas one year. Did I? And I think I read like the first five pages, and I was like, I don't what. Yeah, because he's like, what is he Irish or something? Sure. Okay. And I, and it's like I can't do an Irish accent, but it's like that, and it's and I'm just like I don't I it's can't, I don't like understand that. this. So in the middle of the book, as it goes along, the reason I bring it up in here is because at one point there's this tapeworm that invades the text. Mm-hmm. He has a tapeworm in his stomach, oh, and this tapeworm invades right. the text, and eventually it starts like having thoughts. At first, they're really simple, like eat, 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 or whatever. Right. And then after a while, it starts like speaking. Uh huh. And then after a while, like, it becomes sort of like it starts doing these monologues and starts talking about the character's backstory. It's sort of like the Greek chorus of this book. That's so cool. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So that was a very original tapeworm character that I've ever heard of. Yeah. But it physically invades the text. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. So now I need to go back and read those yeah, passages. Maybe, maybe. So, and then the last big one I want to talk about is the movie Dreamcatcher from 2003, based on the Stephen King book of the same name. Yeah. I never saw it. So, Dreamcatcher is a about these friends that go hunting cabin in the woods in the winter and I guess there's an alien out there but anyway the way the alien like it's a tapeworm and it comes out of your butt and grows and says <laughs> and it kills you when it comes out of your butt but oh, I guess okay. it invades you and then comes and you shit it out uh-huh. so it's but, this it big, ki- but it kills a, you when it comes out of your butt I think so yeah okay. it, it's a big alien it's a bit, tapeworm sounds big yeah yeah so it's a terrible alien tapeworm that comes out of your ass uh-huh. you know the movie was it's like batshit bad yeah it's I really remember incredibly it because I'll pretty much see any Stephen King movie I will too I'm a fan yeah, you know, and I, like I remember TV. hearing about that one and going, I think I'll skip that one. Yeah, it's um. Although you, the way you describe it, an alien tapeworm comes out of your butt. That's only a small part of it, but that's yeah, okay. it's not as much. That as, sounds great. Well, yeah, it's yeah. not as good as it should be. Okay, got it. Yeah, you're right. That sounds like a cinematic goldmine. Yeah, I'm me. like, let's just stop doing this and watch that movie, watch right, movie right, right now. now. Yeah. But it's really bad, and the book was really bad, and I think it was the first book he wrote after he was hit by that van. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think he was on painkillers a yeah. lot when he did it. Anyway, so it's an alien tapeworm that comes out of your butt and kills mm-hmm. people. And then the last last one I want to talk about is a phenomenon known as delusional parasitosis. Okay. Also known as delusional infestation. And it's a delusional disorder in which individuals incorrectly believe they are infested with parasites, insects, or bugs. Whereas in reality, there's no such uh, infestation present. Okay. So the movie that really touches on that is the 2006 film directed by William Friedkin called Bug. That was, that's the Ashley Judd movie? That's the Ashley yeah. Judd movie. It had Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon in it. And it's about two people who meet, and Judd is his waitress, right. and Shannon's like an ex-soldier. And they end up holding up in this room, and they think like the world's being taken over by these bugs. And they end up putting like aluminum foil on there, and they get mm-hmm. more and more paranoid. I'm and then there's this, this now. one scene where he thinks they're under his teeth. Uh-huh. And so he like knocks out some oh, of his teeth. Oh, yeah, it's really disgusting. And so yeah, they think that bugs are everywhere and they're just losing their fucking mind and that they're infested with these bugs. Right, right. Yeah. They live in your blood. What is that? Hey, you see it? It's a bug. The place is crawling with these things. And they feed on your brain. There's no bugs on your skin. You have to dig it. it out. I'll dig it out. We'll show you. We have to kill them. You didn't know they're there. Bug.
isn't that what people that are like on PCP or like acid, you know, are like they oh, think bugs are all over them, or they try in, to cut them out? Yeah, yeah that happens. So horrible. horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. There's cases where people actually have them on their skin. Yeah, so yeah. Disgusting. But the delusional piece, some people think that yeah, bugs are right underneath their skin and they need to cut them out, or they're on them right now. Right. It's really gross. I have such a weird relationships with parasites because I love them, <laughs> but they're also so horrible. They are really horrible. Yeah. I mean, they're really awful. But over time, these real life parasites have done a lot for movies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whether consciously or unconsciously. I mean, half these films probably didn't realize that there was a close real-life approximation of that horror that's on the screen. Right. Now, granted, I mean, some of these, it's a big stretch to say that this is very similar, but it's just amazing the real horrors that are out there, especially for some, like, roaches and bugs that are having things grow in them. It's so gross. Yeah, but it does make sense. I mean, a lot of times, especially when you hear directors or writers talking about the way that things came about, it's kind of like, Oh, I heard a story about something that probably wasn't true. And I thought about that for a year and then this came out of it. So it makes sense that a lot of these like parasites in movies are kind of based on something that it's that is in the real world. Right. You know, because that's the way creative ideas develop. So it makes sense. Well, I just found the piece interesting with human behavior because and I don't know if I, you know, emphasize it as much, but the article and the the research for that. That's a whole new science yeah, now. Yeah, like mind thinking, control well, the, parasites is like... Yeah, that that's a byproduct of being infested is that your behavior is being altered by these things. And then you've got real extreme examples like the cricket that will kill itself so that this parasite can exist. It's fucked up. It's bonkers town. It's bonkers Like science town. is bonkers. It's definitely bonkers. So yeah. that's pretty much it where I, I ended this episode. There's a lot more parasites out there. There's a lot more movies that deal with parasitic stuff. But I just wanted to touch on those and some of these awful, awful ones that are there. I love your format. I love that you did the kind of like tit for tat like here's the real one here's the movie version oh, that was, that was super cool I like it when you fuck what, around with stuff yeah one thing I wanted to add though and I have this on here is that there's certain movies I left out that I felt didn't fit the parasite mold mm-hmm. two in particular was Invasion of the Body Snatchers sure. and John Carpenter's The Thing yeah yeah Invasion of the Body Snatchers is basically where these aliens come and recreate the human like they take the form so it's not necessarily like they're living inside you they sort of recreate you right and the same with The Thing The Thing consumes you and then mimics you so that's not necessarily a parasite. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a parasite so, either. I um, think you were right to... So I left those out. I love both of those movies, yeah, especially yeah. the 1979 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think is the best one. It is good. It's yeah. really good. And of course, John Carpenter's The Thing is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, do I leave it out? But yeah, it, to me, it didn't fit this topic. I don't think they quite fit the format. Yeah, I like how you've kept, I like how you kept this very parasite like actual something that has to take on parasitic values in order for it to qualify for a topic of this. So that's, yeah. that's good. And I had to pick and choose because like I said, there's a lot out there. And on that note, you know, any listeners that have a good parasite movie they want to share or correct us on, yeah, please send it up because I'm always looking for more awful parasite movies. Me too. Even though I talk about how I hate it, but then I watch, I'll watch it and I'll love it. Yeah. So we'll, we have more to watch. You got to watch Night of the Creeps now. I'm really excited. That's all I got for parasites. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks, Tom. Uh, I have to say this. Everybody, please go write us a review on iTunes. It oh yeah, pains please. me to say this because it feels like we're pandering and we are. But please do it. It helps get the word out to other people that would be interested in this podcast. So if you have a second, just write it. You can say that the podcast sucks if you want. I don't care. Yeah, you can say that. You don't have to say that. You can say nice things if you feel inclined. And it is the holidays. It's Christmas time. Do us a a Christmas time favor. Give us a present of writing a review so that you can share the word of slums uh, with other people for the holidays. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, thanks for listening to Parasites. Also, make sure that when you eat that Christmas ham that it's thoroughly cooked Mm -hmm. so you don't get you know tapeworms yeah 
All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Sunday Slum Day, our weekly recommendation for the best and sometimes worst films every Sunday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. (laughs) 